fine now. I was gonna have a whole. Uh, I promise I'm not gonna cry every time I get up here speech, but as soon as I get up here, I'm alright. Um, <laughs> but uh, first, giving honor to God was the head of my life. Uh, my pastor, Reverend Slater, um, Reverend Will Pittman, in his absence, and Pastor Meredith, uh, Reverend Willingham. Honor to my wife, my wife. and uh, it's a lot of y'all here, so uh, family, <laughs> I know friends amongst you, just family, and I, I really appreciate this um, more than I could ever say to you, um, ah, anyway, but um, I'm just overjoyed with the spirit right now, so. Uh, thank you. Um, I love all of you except for my sister, uh, who wishes to continuously make me cry rivers. Um, you're not going to win today. Uh, again, today. She got me once, twice. Um, anyway, I, um, what, is, what is forgiveness? I uh, have been thinking on this for a long time now. All the sermons that God gives me are either something I've always thought about or, at this point, a blog post that you can find at BibleStudyGirl.com. Um, you can also listen to the Bible Study Girl podcast that I'm the executive producer of. Um, we're on all of your platforms. I'm sorry. I'm just had to, I told my sister I was going to do that last time, and I cried too much and forgot. Um, but uh, this was a blog post initially. Um, it was something that came down on me, you know, in just the middle of dealing with uh, things that we were dealing with at that time. We've had some huge arguments in our life. Um, we've had some huge losses in our life. And at each juncture of those, forgiveness took a place. Um, as I was preparing the sermon, I said, uh, I want to look up some things on forgiveness. And uh, me and my wife were getting ready to come to church. And uh, we stopped at Community Bakery because I wanted some donut holes <laughs> and chocolate milk, which is my favorite. Um, and uh, as, as, as she goes in to get them, I'm, I'm reading this Huffington Post thing. It said, five myths about forgiveness. And I'm like, eh, I'm game. I'll read. What do we have here? And I read it. And you know what? I'm just going to give you the culmination of it. The, the, the last statement says, there is nothing in the Bible that says forgiveness is good for the physical or mental health of the forgiver. It is anachronistic to suggest otherwise. And when I got to the end of it, I said, uh, I, I let my wife read it first before I gave my opinions. Well, well that ain't true. I, I mean, I can see what, what but that ain't true. And something in me started to get riled up. Um, I am Bully's grandson. And that just means if things are not as they should be, I get a little upset about it. <laughs> and I speak on it very uh, quickly because I don't mean no harm. Um, but um, I had been thinking about forgiveness for a while. The reason I constructed this sermon as my first sermon before licensing was because 
in stepping into the ministry, there are a lot of things you have to forgive. There are a lot of people you have to forgive. And most importantly, you have to forgive yourself. Um, so what I wanted to do today was kind of break down for you what is forgiveness and inherently what is not. First thing, and, and I'll read some scriptures actually first uh, to show you where I got these things from. Uh, so we'll go to Luke chapter 23, verses 34 through 35. Um, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. It is he, the Christ of God, his chosen one. Now, the first point I want to make is forgiveness is not about the other person. It is inherently not about what anybody else does. Now, in your mind, that could seem selfish because then that would mean it's about you. But what is forgiveness about? What does forgiveness do to you? What does unforgiveness do to you? The reason I chose these scriptures first is because I wanted to illustrate that First of all, to prove Huffington Post wrong, I don't know about you, but if you were beaten, had your sides pierced, you're dehydrated, and in the most pain you've ever experienced in your life, could you not have emotion? Are you not thinking about your pain? In the midst of all that, doing that for us, to gain us an eternal forgiveness. As we go further into the scripture, you understand that there are two criminals that are also on the cross next to Jesus. One man said, this man has done nothing. The other was like, eh, I, don't, I don't believe it. So again, I say to you, forgiveness is not about the other person or what the other person does. Jesus died for us to get an eternal forgiveness that we must seek. Now, seeking isn't the only part. Seeking is siblings fighting and your mother bringing you into the room and telling you to apologize to one another. Now, you do it, but that doesn't mean that your sister or the brother actually feels sorry about anything that's going on. But you don't think that because as we're taught, forgiveness should be an equivalent exchange. Should be sorry for sorry. And because we're taught that, sometimes we focus intently on it. What then does unforgiveness do to you? So, I'll tell you. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 34. And his Lord wrath and delivered him to the tormentors 
till he shall pay all that is due unto him. Now, this was when Jesus told the parable about forgiveness. Now, parables to me are analogies. If if in life you have unforgiveness, you're not thrown into some cage somewhere and someone comes in to torture you until you've forgiven them. That would be a physical thing. But you are spiritually tormented in ways that you cannot even fathom. Unforgiveness causes all kinds of physical ailments and things within you because you are holding on and continuing to not heal. Now, poison must be extracted. So much like sin, if you are not trying to sin less, then inherently you're only going to get worse. As we hold unforgiveness for wrongdoings, they spoke to me cross. They didn't understand my Jesus. They didn't understand me. I expect them to do this. I would like for this to be the outcome. All of that diverts your focus from God. Because in the first place, it's not your job to change them. So often, we get caught in the act of forgiveness. The act means nothing. If you say, I forgive you, parent, for not picking me up when, you know, at school or whatever could have happened. But you're still looking at them crazy. <laughs> you get them a Mother's Day gift, birthday gift, all those things, but you're still a little cross. What does your act mean? Now, this is more than enough to prove Huffington Post wrong, but... This thought process that forgiveness is inherently something that is internal, is something that is powerful. Another misconception. Forgiveness does not come without consequences. Now, again, your mother a million times over has said, it's okay, now come get this whooping. Because there are still consequences for our actions and correction is needed. It is false to think that there is no, nothing involved in the process of that. Another point. Forgiveness is not a get out of jail free card. As I stated before, your actions, your mindset must change. You will have to go before judgment. I'm going to piggyback off my pastor here and say, when the 21-day uh, fast was introduced, and now that I realize it's 21 days, I have shouted for all kinds of joy. Um, because had he not repeated that, I would have gone <laughs> until Easter. <laughs> I, uh, I went through a whole thought in my head about what we could and could not eat. And I was like, 
pizza is baked. <laughs> I don't have to have beef on it. <laughs> I don't have to have pepperoni on it. I can have chicken or I can just have plain old cheese. And we're like, all right, it's Sunday. You know, let's get us something to eat. Let's get pizza and wings, which are also baked. But I said to myself, I want to switch it up. I, I want some boneless wings. Now, in my head, I'm still going off the presumption everything is baked. So food gets there. My wife and I sit down. We're watching some TV. We just eat. And it wasn't until the last piece of chicken was eaten <laughs> that I sit and I went, um, baby, uh, um, that, that wasn't baked. And she like, yes, it was baked. I said, but I, I, I got boneless. And she went, I said, it's fried then baked. But and she went, ah. Uh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we sat for a second, but there was no intent in my heart for us to go off course. I have become a sparkling water expert. I have found every no sugar, made red every label to the T to make sure there was no sugar in it. But forgiveness is also about your intent. Your intent must be pure and aligned with God in terms of forgiveness. It's hard. Um, the day of men's day, um, I got home and I found out that, uh, Kobe Bryant had passed, and I wanted to thank and get close to everybody I could, make sure whoever it was, if you know me, I love you. You don't get to do that if you allow your unforgiveness to take them to heaven, for you to know, because again, the unforgiveness you hold in your heart, whether it be for your coworker, in this political season, you can hold some unforgiveness for some coworkers. <laughs> but what does that do for you? As we think about forgiveness and start to think about how we should forgive and why we should forgive, we look up at the rainbow and know that that's forgiveness. We see that we have not been completely eradicated. We've survived bird flu, H1N1, anthrax. So will, too, the coronavirus pass. I want us to start thinking about healing ourselves. It's hard. As troubled as we can be as a people, as marginalized as we are, it's hard. It's hard to move forward. It's hard to keep your focuses aligned. Another thing that I want to also point out is forgiveness is a continual fight, much like sinning less. Because that person that you forgive can go again and do the thing that you just forgave them for. So you must steal yourself. Focus on the spirit washing over you. A joy that no man could ever take away. It is not 
the people that you are forgiving. It's yourself. It's allowing yourself to heal from that hurt. It's allowing yourself to continue to be able to serve God in the way that he's requested you do. It's allowing yourself to keep stepping forward, though they think we are a joke. Though they tell us to save ourselves as they did Jesus. Unforgiveness is something that is running rampant. It's deep. We often cause or, or say that it's the foods. And there's a part of it that is. But certain sicknesses, certain family traits are because you have not let go. A generational curse is only as strong as the person who decides no more. Who calls to their God who is supernatural and can remove all things. You must remember the power of forgiveness. How can you step forward into what God has for you and you have not forgiven those? You will be tormented. Until you pay what you owe. You won't be able to sleep. You won't be able to rest. It does you nothing to hold on to those things that you should give to God. Because think, if God decided to have unforgiveness for us in terms of what we did to Jesus. Imagine the world in flood. Imagine the plagues in ways unthinkable. Imagine no internet. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Imagine not being able to talk with God. Imagine being on an island that you feel actually alone. He does not ask much of us. He asks us to love him and do as he has taught. Forgiveness is the biggest key that I want to give to you. Because there are so many times, so many things in my life, so many examples that I could use, so much that God was working through me on in even doing this sermon. Because there's a lot of things that I must forgive. But I'm commissioning those things to God. I give those to his altar. And I consider it done. I don't look at it as if it won't be. And I don't look at it as if it won't be hard or something that I must work to do. So as I take my seat, I ask each of you to think about it. Think about that person that wronged you. And think about the fact that they are living their life merrily while you are poisoning yourself. Let go. That X, let go. That disagreement with a family member, let go. The offenses that have been in your life, let go. Those who do not understand your Jesus, let go. The power within you to be the greatest servants in the world is within you. All you have to do is let go.
treat others and treat yourself as God would treat you. Amen. Church, say amen. amen. What is forgiveness? For us, the Christian, the believer, it is when we have surrendered to Jesus Christ and he has forgiven all of the sins that we've ever committed and all of the sins that we ever will commit. We are eternally his. Uh, that's the essence of where we start. So we're going to extend the invitation for discipleship. Those who don't know God and the pardon of their sins, we would invite you to come and receive Christ. I don't know if you know it or not, but as soon as you say in your heart that you believe that Jesus is Lord, he will forgive you right then. And you will be saved even before you can get to the front. The invitation is extended. Doors of the church are open. and thank God for his message and for his messenger. Our prayer always is that God's message would continue to resonate with us as we go through this next week. Because the word of God says that his word will not return to him void. So Reverend Gray, the word that you spoke is out there. And it's going to hit the target that God intended. And it's going to come back with a return according to God's divine will and purpose. I believe that. I stand on it. That's what we preach. So continue to allow the word to resonate in your hearts, minds, and spirits. Well, we have heard the messenger. Uh, actually, we've heard him before. I'm one of these down-to-earth people I'm from small town OCL, Arkansas. Uh, I know the difference between tradition and what God requires. Tradition 
requires that we license Job before he can go out and preach. Uh, receiving a license is not the same as an ordination. An ordination, you have been given a, a, a ministry, a mission. Uh, a license means he can go and preach anywhere, <laughs> including your home church, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> go down there and the home folks don't have to travel. That's what licensing does. The license is given by the church uh, so that he goes as a representative of this church, a minister from this church, going and preaching wherever God calls him. Uh, he will receive ordination when God gives him a ministry, and he will go and serve faithfully in that ministry. But as we said before, and I'm just going to use myself, and I, I'm not on the selection committee that called him. That means that mean you ain't on it either. <laughs> God called him. He is a gospel minister, uh, assigned and called and equipped to preach God's word, to teach God's people. You know, we are his encouragers, uh, those who, who can stand behind him, stand by him, uh, point out to him, you know, you need to go this way or that way. Uh, can they? <laughs> you're the most important person in here because you've got to be his eyes when he can't see. You know, ministers, believe it or not, have blind spots. Even though we have uh, the Holy Spirit in us, even though God is leading us, sometimes stuff will be right in front of us and we can't see it. That's where you come in. Uh, and, and others that are, that are going to be encouraging him, but especially the spouse. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done. Uh, I, we, God has given us two new ministers within the last year and a half. And uh, these young men, I believe, they did it exactly how God would want us to do it. And I don't, I'm not seeing where it's required necessarily. But both of them got married. Uh, during this process of being called and everything else, they, they, they got married. <laughs> Somebody in here know what I'm talking about? <laughs> when you are married, when you're wed, uh, you're complete. Don't need no extra help in completing me. I, I'm already complete. So it helps them to minister more effectively. And it gives them someone to cover their blind spots. So having heard him preach Mount Pleasant, this was the sermon to determine whether or not the church will issue him a license. Uh, we're not going to ask you to raise your hand, but uh, if you are in favor of moving forward with the licensing process, will you say amen? amen. If you want us to move forward, would you clap your hands? If you want us to go forward, would you say, praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's any questions. But, uh, <laughs> you will be receiving a customized license uh, certificate that'll be, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be custom, especially for him. And uh, that's, that will be, we'll, we'll get a large one in a frame and he'll get a small one that he can carry in his pocket. And then he'll be equipped to go down to the 
what is the courthouse? Am I right, Reverend Mosley? Because Reverend Jimmy Mosley told me, told me about this. Go down there and get your minister's credentials. Amen. Did you not know that that'll get you in the hospital? Amen. When you need to go in and see someone that's sick? Amen. You got your credentials. Amen? Amen. Amen. I believe a repass has been prepared.